0: The issue that I'm going to address this morning is very, 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 very important. Does grace give us a license to sin? Does grace give us a license to sin? I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Timothy and chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. I've had this come up many, many times. And of course, having a radio broadcast, it comes up even more. And then because we're on the Internet, it comes up even more. And sometimes I get some wonderful mail telling me what a great guy I am. And then sometimes I get some that says I'm not so great after all. So here in the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1, I want to look in verse 9. You see, verse 9 and 10, the law condemns all these people. And verse 11 shows you where the gospel can save all these people. So the law condemns all these people, but the gospel can save all these people. So look in verse 9. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and the disobedient. For the ungodly, for sinners, unholy, profane, for murderers, fathers, and murderers of mothers, manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. The glorious gospel is a perfect gospel. It's the perfect message for the imperfect people. And the miracle of it all is that God has given to us a message that can save anybody. Now, believe it or not, there are people who do not believe that God can save anybody. Some believe that God can only save the ones that He chose to save and the other was couldn't be saved because he didn't choose to save them. Evidently, he didn't want everybody. Because if he chose some, why didn't he just choose all of them? There's some people who can't answer that question. But the Bible tells us that the law is not made for the righteous man. And yet the Bible tells us in the book of Romans in chapter 3, for everybody, the law hath concluded, all under sin all guilty, the whole world guilty before God because everybody has broken God's law. Everybody is under the law. And the law condemns. And every man has sinned, so every man is condemned. So this message that God has given to us, if you notice there in verse 11, according to the glorious gospel, this good news for all these bad people, Now, we're talking about the ungodly, the lawless, the disobedient, the murderers, whoremongers. Now, wait a minute. You're trying to tell me whores can go to heaven? That's what the Bible said. You mean murderers? People that murder people? What about people that rape people? I mean, although you think of the most wicked person you know of, are you trying to tell me that person can go to heaven? Afraid so. It's because God so loved the world. He died for the sins of every individual. So I want to read to you a, a brief little note that I got. And this is from a, a John in Minnesota. And I, I'm going to read to you the good stuff first, okay? He says, Thank you so much for mailing the book on Dora Lake. I wrote that book on the Dora Lake story. What really came across was that the belief. eternal security clearly wins out over the save today lost tomorrow theology and that is exactly what I believe as well just so you know I gave a message in my Wright County jail yesterday he said and gave the plan of salvation six more souls came to know the Lord this makes 15 in total over the last three months when they left I offered them all 26 in total One of Dr. Arnold's tracks on salvation. So they'd ordered the book and ordered tracks. And um, it's making an impact. It does make an impact. But what impresses people the most is the clear stand that we take on eternal security. Because, you see, the way you know if a church really believes in eternal security and that salvation is really by grace is that a man is saved forever. Once saved, you're always saved. Because if you're not saved forever, then the message is not good news. It's bad news. It's not good news to be saved for an hour, or for a day, or for a week, or for a year. But it's good news to be saved forever. That's what makes it good news. Eternal security is the gospel. And if a man doesn't know that he has eternal security, then he doesn't know if he's secure. And if he doesn't know if he's secure... And if he doesn't know for sure he's going to go to heaven, why should I believe he's going to heaven if he doesn't believe he's going to heaven? So, we take a stand. This is somebody that wrote me from Pinellas Park. Pastor Yankee, still listen to your radio program daily. Look forward to it continually and cherish it still. Thank you for truth in God's Word. And that was from a guy named Ted. Then I got another one that I uh, wanted to read to you real quick. Says, because they listened to my radio broadcast. My parents and I have listened to your station for a long time. Why do you have on a man that believes Hitler is in heaven? Now, I never said Hitler was in heaven. I said God couldn't save a guy like Hitler. And if Hitler trusted Christ as Savior, Hitler goes to heaven. It doesn't matter whether we like it or not, or think it's right or wrong. The Bible says that God will save whosoever believeth, like it or not. Grace means that you don't deserve it. Somebody say, well, he doesn't deserve it. Well, who does? My question is this if God could not save a man like Hitler, God couldn't save anybody. In his eyes he says there is no difference. There's a difference between us and things, yes, because some people, we say, sin more than others. Some more wicked sins, but between us and God, nobody's perfect. We've all come short of perfection. That's why we needed a perfect gospel. That's why we needed to be saved by grace, because nobody can earn it, because nobody can merit it. Nobody can save themselves. That's why it's by grace God will give it to you freely. Now, why do you have on a man that believes Hitler is in heaven? I was raped when I was 19, according to Arnold, because the rapist believes in Jesus, he is saved. Really? Do you know how sick that is? I think there's something wrong with him. And you, as a Christian radio station, should tell him to leave. Or is it all about money? Well... Letter number two. Two weeks ago, I called WTBN. On Friday morning at 10.15, I was live on the radio. The screener would not put this person through because they started arguing with him on the phone and been very antagonistic and saying nasty things. I told the screener I wanted to challenge Pastor Arnold's hyper grace. The screener said he wouldn't let me on. In no way am I a drive-by attacking, posting my horror and outrage about a very deranged person who preaches that once a person is saved, they can go out and act as Satan and will never lose their salvation. His teaching go directly against the Bible. If you know the Bible, you know what I say is true. I regret your censorship and protection of this person. Wonderful. Yeah, I have to answer a few things like this. and I remember Hank did too. Here's another one that I got. I know you'll like this one. Read your Acts 2.38 comments. Just wanted to let you know that your doctrine is damnable and damning to anyone who deceives with it. You must repent of your sins. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost to be saved. This is the application of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Repentance, baptism, and infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is the new birth Jesus told Nicodemus about in John chapter 3. You must be born again of water and of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. Okay. By the way, they read Hank's message on an article on the website, and I'm still having the answer for what Hank did. (laughs) Thanks, Hank. I got this one, but I had no clue who it was from. I didn't know this person. Hi, Pastor Arnold. It's Bobby. I hope this little note finds you well. May the Lord encourage you as he encouraged his servant, David. May you continue to be lifted up in the ways of the Lord as Jehoshaphat was. Thank you for your preaching of the clear gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no way I believe that you preach that salvation gives us license to sin. I've never heard you say that. In fact, I have heard you preach just the opposite. I love the fact that you give people a chance to trust the Lord as Savior in every service. Again, thank you for your ministry. I'm sure there are many rewards that await you in heaven. Well, all depends on who you talk to, I guess. I know. <laughs> It's nice to see someone committed to proclaiming the clear gospel of Jesus Christ on the net. Well, I suppose I will close for now. May God continue to bless the work you are doing for Him. See you soon, Bobby. He wrote me a a nice little note, and so I appreciate it. But not everything is always, you know, pretty. But I can tell you this. Unless you know how to answer people's questions, their questions will become yours. If you can't resolve the doubts that sometimes people have, then sometimes their doubts may become your doubts. So you have to know what you believe and why you believe it. So that you know this is where I stand, and this is where I'm gonna die I'm not gonna move because I believe it's truth do I believe that once a man is saved he is saved forever yes I do do I believe that a man can be saved and go out and live like the devil yes I do do I believe that he can get away with it no I don't and I hope people will always hear the other side but anyway what I wanted to bring out to you is this when people say you get a a license to sin Well, is that what grace means? Here you are, and you trusted Christ as Savior, and now you're going to heaven. And there's nothing you can do, or God, that can change that. It cannot be altered. God gave His Word. It's a done deal. Subtle. You mean to tell me that I can go out here and do all these bad things and still go to heaven when I die? Well, if you did, and you still went to heaven... That would be grace, wouldn't it? Would that be grace? That would be grace. If I said no, then I really don't believe it It would be by grace. Because, you see, we automatically remind ourselves, no, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. Let's say, for example, we take two people here this morning. We take uh, Peter Amato and James Taylor. They both have trusted Christ as their Savior. Peter does everything in the book wrong. I mean, you name it, and he does it. James over here is living a good, clean, godly life. Does everything right. But both have trusted the Lord. Now, who deserves to go to heaven? Both of them. If you wouldn't say, if they deserved only because they trusted Christ as their Savior. They're not going to heaven because of how they lived before. And they're not going to heaven based upon how they lived afterwards. How you live doesn't affect your eternal destination. This is what blows people's mind. Because you see, they believe that you have to be good to go to heaven. And because nobody's good, they think trusting Christ as your Savior is the beginning point for you to earn it now for the rest of your life. So they say it's a a license to sin. Let me mention this to you. The word license is like a legal right from authority to do something. Like government can give you the right to have a license to be a lawyer or to practice medicine or a hunting license or a fishing license. It means if I go down here and get a fishing license, they say, I've got the right to go catch fish. And I'm not breaking the law. I'm not breaking the law if I go fishing because i got a hunting license. Pay for this thing. I earned it. This is mine. If I go hunting and I don't have a hunting license and the um, game warden catches me, he might want to find me. He'd have to find me because I'd be hiding. <laughs> but he might want to put me in jail or take and confiscate my Jeep or take my gun or, you know, because I didn't have a license. So does grace give you a license to sin? The right to live in sin. The right to do so. Permission granted. Because if it's right and it's legal, it means it's not against the law. It means there's no penalty to it. So, do I believe that God gives to a man after he trusts Christ as Savior? Does grace give a person a license to sin? Because he's going to heaven anyway. He can't go to hell. So, that means that you can just do anything that you want to do. Understand the scriptures the other side of the coin because it's so important. I wrote a little statement down. License to sin is against the law. Therefore, permission cannot be granted. God doesn't give us permission to break the law. He gives us permission to choose the right to make choices. But it doesn't mean that our choices are blessed. If you make the right choices, there are Results. If you make the wrong choices, there are results. But God does not give us the license, the right, the authority to do it, and there's no consequences because it's legal. That isn't given in the Word of God. So I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans in chapter 3. The book of Romans and chapter 3. Can God save a man like Hitler? If God can't, God can't save anybody. Because in God's eyes, there is no difference. All have sinned. All have come short of God's perfection. Are you trying to tell me that God can save a person if he doesn't sin very much, but he can't save a person who sins a lot? Okay, where would you fit? Uh, Jesus says, if a man thinketh in his heart evil against and hate, he's guilty of murder. How you doing? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever looked at somebody and lusted after them with adultery in your heart? Ooh. Ooh. Aren't you glad we can't pull a screen down here and let everybody see what you've been thinking about in the last 24 hours? If we could do that, I'd go right through that door. (laughs) You say, there is no door. There would be one. (laughs) So in the book of uh, Romans in chapter 3, I want to look in verse 4. God forbid, yea, let God be true. And almost everybody a liar, those who have sinned a lot, no, let every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sin, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Did you know that people, in reality, judge God? God must be just when he justifies the unjust. Did you know that you're always in your mind thinking that, you know, that's not fair, that's not right. I mean, if God loved me, why does you're judging? It seems like everything they do, they get away with it. That's judgment upon something happening or not happening to somebody. Or somebody being blessed or not being blessed. Upon the things that happen to you or that doesn't happen to you. You're making judgment all the time. And if God is in control, God's behind it. And you don't always agree with God. So, that means you have set yourself up as a judge over God. So he says here, in verse 5, But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who taketh vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid. For then how shall God judge the world? How is God going to judge the world? Well, you see, all the bad people, they go to hell. And and those that are not quite as bad, they get to go to heaven. No. No. God says, there is none righteous, no, not one. There isn't anyone who seeks after God. They're all gone astray. So he says down here in verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, no, not one. They're all gone out of the way. Now, if this is true, there's no man that can go up to God and say, I deserve to get into heaven. because I'm not as bad as Hitler. I'll never kill six million Jews. How many would you have to kill to be a murderer? Have you ever hated? That's one. Did you know that bitterness and anger and envy and all those things are sins? That maybe you can hang on the walls of your mind, but nobody else can see them. All sin is a transgression against God. You have to understand God is a good God, a holy God, and He doesn't tolerate sin. He will not allow one little bitty sin, a white lie, in the heaven. No liars can go to heaven. No adulterers can go to heaven. No murderers can go to heaven. The only way any of us get there is because God changes us. He gives us a new birth, and we go because of a new birth that God gives to us. Now... I want you to look there in verse 8, verse 8, and not rather as we be slanderously reported and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil, because see, if I'm saved and I have eternal life and I'm going to heaven when I die and grace covers my sin, well, if I want more grace, do more sin. Paul was accused of preaching, you get a license to sin. You can do anything that you want, it doesn't matter. Well, they accused Paul of the very same thing. But that's not what Paul preached. Even though the Bible tells us that God's abundant grace covers all of our sin, grace is greater than our sin. You heard that song before? Now, take your Bible and look there in the book of. Romans in chapter 6 and verse 1. Chapter 6 and verse 1. You see, Romans 3 says, let us do evil. Oh, that's us saying, hey, let's go sin. Why? Because, see, we're going to heaven. All of our sins are paid. I can't go to hell. Bola, here I come. But it says in verse 1 of chapter 6, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Isn't that just like God giving us a license to sin? Permission to sin. If God gave you a license to sin, then it would mean that sinning would be okay. Because you had permission. You had the right to do it. And it wouldn't be against the law. So has God done that? No. So no, I do not teach that grace gives people a license to sin. Like I got permission from God to live like the devil. Can I live like the devil? Yes, I can. But are there going to be consequences? Yes, there will. It means that I still did wrong and there's a price to pay. I'm glad the price is not hell. But there's a price to pay. So you are making choices. Making decisions. Always remember that. I want you to look there in your Bible to the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 30. Deuteronomy in chapter 30. And look at verse 15. In the Old Testament, God dealing with His people Israel, He gives them a final warning. And so in verse 15, He makes a statement. See... I have set before thee, set before thee, choices. I've set before you choices, as you'll see in a minute. This day, life and good, death and evil, I've set this before you. This is a choice you get to make. You see, I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I have eternal life. I'm going to heaven when I die. And yes, everything I've ever done, because how bad it is, Christ paid for it, and God has forgiven me. Let me ask you this. Let's say I'm 71 right now, and let's say I lived a life of sin. I've done everything in the book. It's wicked, 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 all the way up to I'm 71 years old, and God saves me right now, and God can forgive me of everything I've ever done. Most people don't have a problem with that. What's their problem is from this day forward. Well, now that you're saved, you can't do this. Now, I could do it this way, and God will save me. But I can't do it this way, and God keep me saved. God can save me by grace, because I didn't deserve it. But from here on out, I'll have to deserve it. Because if I don't do enough good deeds, He's going to take it away from me. But if I do right, I get to keep it. Now, wait a minute. Was I saved by grace or not? If I'm saved by grace and I can't do anything wrong afterwards because I'll lose it. Is it easier for the Lord to save me at 71 or should I wait until I'm 95 and then I'm going to die? I'm laying in my casket with one last breath to go. Then, I'll trust the Lord then, because I don't have to worry about losing it. Now, is it easier for God to save me at 71, or is it easier if I'm 95? Which is the easiest? Or is it easier for the Lord to save me when I'm a child, and I haven't done all these bad things? I'm only five years old, and God has saved me from a life of sin. I turn from all my wickedness. I don't drink the bottle anymore. I'm not behind bars anymore. Now, wait wait a minute. Which is the easiest point in my life for God to save me? You see, when Christ died, did he die for my sins up to the time I was five? And then the rest of them I got to take care of. Or did he pay for all my sins up to the time I'm 71? Now I got to worry about the rest of them. Or has he paid for all of my sins from the time I'm born to the time that I die? All of them. You see, it's no harder for God to save me now and then keep me saved than it would be to save me then and save and pay for all of these bad ones. Some people say, Well, you know, I never think like that. Well, I do. Because I'm a stickler for the gospel of grace. It's either all by grace or none by grace. And if I am saved... I have eternal life.